It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, I'm not immune to any of these temptations I might encounter along the way to my ultimate goals in the aquarium hobby, but trust me, there's always that part of me which falls headlong into that, you know, that shiny object syndrome. You know, something cool catches my eye along the way, and there I go off on a tangent, researching and, you know, considering ways to modify my plan, complete with justification when something cool becomes available. You know, like, oh, well, you know, just because I said it's going to be an Asian blackwater stream with Rasbora doesn't mean that I can't have a few of those Capella Arnoldi there. I mean, there's Splash Frickin' Tetras. Hello, right? Yeah, okay, that kind of stuff. Now, the reality is that I almost never actually do it. And for some reason, I consider mixing fishes from different regions geographic transgressions. And for years, I've denied myself the opportunity to grab some of the cool fishes that I see because of my pathetic, rigid adherence to some unwritten rule that I created for myself. The reality is, these types of diverse stocking plants have been a staple of the hobby for generations. I mean, yeah, that's how the classic community tank, which we've loved for decades, is created, right? The best combination of cool fishes, regardless of origin, which happen to catch our fancy, right? As long as they're physically compatible, come from environments, or are kept in an environment where everybody seems to be happy and healthy, does it really matter? I mean, nothing is wrong with that, right? I mean, does every, I don't know, salad we make have to have ingredients from the same farm? I know, weak or not, that's kind of the same argument that would make me feel better anyway, right? But look, I'd have such guilt if I actually did something about it and actually created one of these systems. You know, as I stare at my Southeast Asia-inspired blackwater aquarium, which I'm kind of getting bored of, by the way, um, <laughs> with the fish that are regionally accurate but would likely never be found together in nature, I can't help but reflect on my philosophies on theme and stuff like that and the occasional tangents that I take. In past years, I'd often further justify these little tangents, which lead to a broader geographically absurd array of fishes with almost logical thoughts like, well, that little tetra from Colombia looks an awful lot like some of those random rasbora that you see in Asian streams. I mean, yeah, so I'd go down that way. I would justify these decisions to myself just like that. Again, however, these were all theoretical. I almost never actually executed on them. Now, over the years, I became even more focused, of course. I'd go to the other extreme at times. I'd tell myself that Unless every fish in the tank, regardless of the fact that it's from the same region, is wild caught, then one could make an argument that this is actually off plan. You know, stupid shit like that. Well, somehow anyways. I mean, a South American tetra bred on an Asian fish farm from stock that's been there for like, you know, 28 generations. Well, how do you quantify that, right? Yeah, like that's a good argument or guilt diminisher, right? It's absurd. <laughs> the sad truth is, though, unless you're one of those people who's absolutely obsessed with complete authenticity or if you're entering into one of those ultra-regulated, carefully scrutinized snobfest snob biotope aquarium contests, 
it likely doesn't matter all that much, right? Having generally geographically proximate fishes in that same tank has always been a sort of standard for me personally. Like, somehow I'm totally comfortable with that. I've always felt that the fishes are from the same general region, even if it's not from the exact locale or ecological niche, that they'll probably not interact all that much differently than they would if they were in some other random species from their own habitat, right? I mean, a dachshund and a golden retriever are both dogs, and, well, yeah, you can argue this one as much as you want, I suppose. I mean, probably, right? Now, sure, if you're like me, you'll carry with you that personal, I don't know, mark of shame. And you have some feelings of guilt for as long as you own the tank or perhaps until your overwhelming horror at having made this geographic transgression finally takes you down and forces you to remove the offending fishes into a tank of their own, hopefully with more geographically appropriate tank baits, of course. It's kind of ridiculous. Or is it? Well, it likely is. In fact, I'm sure that it is. I mean... It's one thing to keep fishes from various blackwater habitats in, say, Brazil. It's quite another to keep fishes from Brazil with fishes from, I don't know, let's say Borneo in the same tank. On the other hand, are fishes from different parts of the world that physiologically dissimilar? I mean, sure, fishes evolved over eons to take on specific characteristics that were likely adaptations to specific environmental conditions that they'd encounter. Although I've often wondered whether or not the chemical and the ecological characteristics of a blackwater stream with a pH of 4.8 in Borneo is that much different, at least generally speaking, than an Amazonian Igarape with the same pH, right? I mean, sure, there are probably some subtle flora, fauna, geological differences which impact the chemical composition on a level we as hobbyists are not even able to distinguish, but are they that much different? I wonder, not that you ever would, for obvious reasons, but if you transplanted, say, a resbora from a stream in Southeast Asia to a jungle stream in the rainforests of Brazil, or a nanostomus to a Sarawak jungle stream, could the fish adapt? I mean, they may have slightly different food sources or ways of finding them, but could the fish adapt? Is this any different than the coping that wild-caught fishes have to do when they're captured and placed in most home aquariums? You know, strange food, different environmental parameters, you know, from their wild homes and unknown natural, you know, unnatural companions. Now, recently I had a discussion with one of my, my best aquariums friends, Jake Adams of Reef Builders. And Jake and I were talking about my new reef aquarium. I totally turned on to him for advice. Like, I think you all should if you listen to his blog with Mark Vanderwall called reef therapy it's literally my favorite blog in the whole world so please check it out you'll love it if you have any interest in reef aquariums it'll it it literally is therapy and it'll set you right trust me anyway i was talking to jake and i was sharing with him my this guilt i carry about wanting to keep a bunch of royal grama grama loretto one of my favorite all-time fishes in my indo-pacific coral tank the problem in my mind and i say problem in air quotes was that the royal grama gorgeous though it may be is native to the tropical West Atlantic and the Caribbean. And Jake, in his infinite wisdom, born of a lifetime of high-level reef keeping and aquarium keeping in general, was like, dude, just keep them. They're gorgeous. And, you know, it went a little further than that, but it dawned on me that this was the 100% correct answer. I, I, First of all, I found over the years that Jake is right, like, oh, 100% of the time when it comes to fish stuff anyway. But there would his point was there's absolutely no harm in keeping this amazingly beautiful fish with all of my pacific corals it meets every criteria for a perfect reef tank inhabitant with the tiny exception that it comes from the atlantic and 90 
7% of all the corals that we keep in the aquarium hobby come from the Indo-Pacific. Like, why the hell do I stress over this? Who cares? The absurdity of my geographic prejudices and arguments melts away when I subject my selection to simple questions. You know, can the fish live among Pacific corals? Is there some physiochemical difference between the water in the Indo-Pacific and the tropical West Atlantic? Mm, no, seawater is seawater. Other than perhaps minor density variations, there are few, few major chemical differences between seawater in various parts of the world. Of course, with freshwater fishes, environmental conditions are super varied, and one could ask tougher questions when considering placing, say, African stream fishes in a South American-inspired environment. And South America is such a broad stroke, right? There's so many different types of environments in South America, ranging from hard and alkaline karstic environments to super blackwater environments to everything in between. Now, I wonder, is there sort of a stress that would arise under all of these conditions? Could these subtle stresses that we subject fishes to when we keep them with other fishes outside of in environments that are slightly different than what they evolved in, could these stresses be the reasons why so many fishes are elusive for long periods of time in the hobby when it comes to spawning them? I ponder this in the context of our botanical method aquariums, our focus on more natural-looking and functioning aquatic ecosystems. Yet I think, again, that blackwater conditions, for example, are fairly similar, gulp, <laughs> and they're fairly similar in different parts of the world. They're caused by the same thing, typically geological issues, uh, geological issues, geological factors. And I have a hunch that fishes which come from Southeast Asian blackwater habitats can do just fine in the South American-inspired blackwater habitats that we create. It's about the water's chemical characteristics and physical environment more than anything else, right? Could it be why we're seeing more and more success with blackwater fishes kept in more realistic habitats and environmental conditions? Could the humic substances, tannins, and other compounds exuded by botanical materials be the something in the water which bridges at least part of the gap between wild habitat and aquarium? The idea of using materials like leaves, seed pods, stems, etc., which to a great extent mimic both the form and function of these wild habitats where our fishes come from, at least gives us the ability to fully explore the concept, right? I mean, one could even take the argument about geographic suitability into our game. I mean, we could ponder if a Cariniana legalis seed pod from Brazil that added to our Asian-themed tank would somehow be detrimental to our fishes, or maybe perhaps not as physiologically beneficial as a more geographically appropriate Sterculia pod from Thailand. I mean, we could, yet wouldn't that literally be like splitting hairs? I mean, most of these materials have some of the similar compounds in them tannins lignans there's thousands of different compounds or uh, that, that are possible but i mean a plant is a plant right and some might have slightly higher concentrations of some things from the soil or whatever but but i mean where does it end and to what benefit or detriment would we be experiencing as a result of our decision to include or exclude a specific botanical uh, a piece of wood a substrate or other material in our so-called 100 authentic geographically focused aquarium anyway a lot of you ask me about what botanical materials to use for specific types of fishes or their habitats. And it's a good question, one which has a bunch of different answers, actually. Now, many of you ask about botanicals from specific geological regions because you're looking to create a Southeast Asian or Amazonian or West African-themed tank. And these are really cool inquiries because it demonstrates that we've reached a phase in the botanical method aquarium world of trying to recreate aspects of specific geographic ecological niches in our tanks. I love that we're all applying our love of botanical materials for specific reasons in our aquariums. 
Of course, I think that most of us, present companies specifically, need to relax a little bit when it comes to our selections and not get too uptight about it. Now, if you're really hardcore about every botanical being strictly from the region in which your fishes are found, make use of the, okay, admittedly long-witted, but make use of the descriptions on our website product pages for each botanical. We list the geographic origin and sometimes a little background stories. And some botanicals are very specific to one country, for example, Brazil, where some will simply be listed from South America because they're not necessarily limited to one country in the region. Now, the important thing to know is that many of the botanicals we offer are found in various parts of the world and can sort of represent materials found in a specific geographic region or environment. Some are circumtropical or come from plants which have been transplanted by man throughout the world. Most of our items, however, fall into the category that we've often referred to, rather unprofessionally, I must confess, as generic tropical, stuff that represents the materials that you might find in a tropical aquatic ecosystem anywhere in the world. We've kind of made that argument that once leaves are submerged and starting to break down and do their thing, we would be hard-pressed to make the call and state firmly that a given item somehow looks out of place from a geographic standpoint, unless one just happens to be a botanist, of course. Now, again, it's been my personal opinion that you can utilize whatever items you want in virtually any situation, because even an Asian botanical perfectly represents a botanical item from, say, Africa or South America, especially once it's down and wet and covered in detritus, that little patina, biofilm, whatever. In other words, that cool-looking Carinianapod pod from the previously discussed uh, Carinianapod legalis tree of South America would be perfectly at home in an Amazonian-themed aquarium. But it would also be perfectly acceptable to uh, use in a Southeast Asian or African-themed tank as it resembles some of the botanical materials that are found in the aquatic habitats of these regions, and it likely performs some of the same you know, functions as analogous materials actually found within the Southeast Asian region. It's generic tropical. Yet, some self-appointed guardians of biotope aquarium keeping have a complete shit fit if something doesn't, you know, isn't exactly from the region or niche that the aquarium being presented in their contest purports to represent. Yet, I've seen dozens of biotope aquariums in these big competitions representing very specific Asian or South American habitats with substrates covered in beech or oak leaf litter from Europe or North America, and not one judge, you know, batted an eyelash. So, you know, I'm just saying. Anyway... I'm going off the deep end here, but in my opinion, we shouldn't get too bent out of shape about this kind of stuff, really. And to make things even more interesting, let's ponder for a moment exactly how botanical materials, which are found in the tropical waters, actually get there in the first place. The reality is that most of these materials which accumulate on the substrate or elsewhere in the aquatic habitats we try to recreate were either there to begin with before the water arrived, as in the case of the flooded Agapo forests in South America, or they fell into the water from overhanging vegetation, or where they were maybe swept up by flooding wind or other natural events. There's not really some set model for how these materials arrive into aquatic habitats. And to be quite objective, I have to proffer that many of the materials that we offer for this, these purposes are from trees and shrubs often found directly out of the path of water. Maybe from, they're from areas nearby. Some are from mountainous regions, which maybe don't have bodies of water in the vicinity that they're found. Again, they're selected for inclusion in our offerings because they have an appearance or characteristics which represent those of materials that we've seen floating around in or at the bottom of various aquatic habitats that we're interested in. Generic tropical. So don't stress over it. Enjoy it. Incorporate the function and the aesthetics from the materials which represent those found in our favorite tropical aquatic habitats, wherever they might be. Learn about the habitat and how materials accumulate in the water, how the water and the land influence each other, and how these materials influence the fishes that live in them. 
and add whatever fishes you love, regardless of what part of the world they come from. These geographic transgressions are entirely forgivable, trust me. Oh, and your aquarium will look cool too. You will. And finally, circling back, don't be like me creating self-imposed, you know, embargoes on keeping various groups of fishes together in your tank, despite the fact that these otherwise perfectly compatible fishes come from different parts of the world. Life's too short and the hobby's much too fun to retract yourself like I have. Just enjoy your fishes, regardless of what continent they're found in and what kind of tank you choose to enjoy them in. These little sins are perfectly forgivable, trust me. Stay creative, stay curious, stay resourceful, stay dedicated, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.